To everyone tuning in, welcome. This is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate. You're listening to the Kelson on the Air Social Work Podcast, the program that promotes, celebrates, uplifts, and highlights the social work profession. This podcast aims to educate the general public to the vital contributions professional social workers make in every aspect of society every day. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Kelson on the Air Social Work Podcast. My name is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate and host of the show. And today we have a very interesting topic we're going to be discussing and also highlighting a very influential organization, which is the organization called Free. And I'm going to introduce some very important people in just a moment. But I just want to let all of our listeners know that what you're about to hear is some information that's going to open up a lot of people's eyes about the connection between music, its powerful effect, and how it helped with people that are on the autism spectrum and how it helps in general when it comes to things that most people take for granted. These individuals we're going to be discussing, they've benefited very powerfully from this, and we have some information here that is going to be greatly enlightening to our public. So we thank you for tuning in. And at this point, I'm going to just go around the table, introduce our guests. First, I'd like to start with the Chief Executive Officer of Family Residence and Essential Enterprises Incorporated, which is what the acronym FREE stands for. Mr. Robert Budd. FREE is a not-for-profit agency that supports individuals of all abilities with community living opportunities, employment day services, clinical crisis, education, and after-school support and other supports. Mr. Budd, with over 30 years of progressive leadership, joined FREE in 1985 and has held key Key operations positions most recently named Chief Executive Officer in 2008. He played a key leadership role in the expansion of the organization from an annual budget of $1 million in 1985, serving 45 individuals to a network of organizations providing over $145 million of services in 2017 and serving over 30,000 individuals annually. Welcome, Mr. Bud. Welcome. Thank you. Wow. That, I, I'm exhausted <laughs> listening to that. Where did you get that? <laughs> it's one of what the, the internet and, and the web will do. Very impressive website, too, by the way. Next, we have somebody that's very near and dear to me. She is a social worker extraordinaire. She is my mentor, near and dear family member of mine, adopted but now official. Uh, it's Miss Lois Logan. She's a LCSWR. 2012, she was recognized as the Suffolk Division Social Worker of the Year, and then she also went on that year to win the New York State Chapter uh, NASW Social Worker of the Year. And just this past April, she was honored at the Suffolk Division Annual Awards uh, Dinner as the Lifetime Achievement Social Worker for all of Suffolk Division, New York State, and United States and the world. I'd like to <laughs> warmly welcome my friend, colleague, and mentor, Ms. Lois Logan. Thank you, Mr. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> and next we have a dynamic individual, Ms. Bridget Livingston. She is an employee here at Free, and she is a direct support specialist. She also happens to be the vocal coach and director of the Free Ensemble Players, and she's going to give us a lot of information about their performances, what they do, and uh, all the places that you might be able to go and hear them coming up with places where they've performed, and how it actually impacts their lives on a regular basis. She also is you know, someone who brings life experience from overcoming 
very uh, challenging and traumatic experiences. Miss Livingston actually used those challenges and those setbacks to motivate and drive her to provide services to others. Her motto is, when you're looking outside of yourself to help others, there's not a lot of time to sit back and feel sorry for yourself. And she embodies that to the fullest. And so we'd like to welcome her. She um, also is the NAACP Award um, for Music. Um, And she also just uh, recently embarked on launching her initiative, which is a vision of hers, which is called Love Is Not Lost Innovations, and you'll be hearing a lot more about that both during this podcast and in the days coming. So I'd like to welcome all three of you here and say I really, really appreciate the opportunity to come to free and provide this uh, podcast platform so that you can tell the story of what this organization does. So we're going to start with you, Mr. Bud, and we just want to ask you to tell our listeners what the main vision and mission of FREE is and how you and your administrative staff go about bringing that vision to fruition. Well, we're honored to support a very diverse group of folks who have very complex needs at times, and we like to use the term differently abled because if you think about it, we're all differently abled, and our mission is to really help people realize their human potential to its fullest. And part of that vision is to make sure that we live our vision statement together, creating the right solution for any need. And that really brings us to a defining moment in our history where we thought we could either focus on disability or we could focus on ability. And so 12 years ago, we decided, well, we were going to eliminate the disability language and focus on the ability language. And part of our vision is to harness the gifts and talents of our wonderful, wonderful, talented team members. And so part of what we're here celebrating today is the beautiful gift that Bridget Livingston brings and how that was able to manifest itself in an opportunity for folks to really celebrate a gift that in many cases they didn't even realize they had. Awesome, awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And so then that brings us to Bridget, and we're going to just ask you to just give us a little insight into how did the idea for a singing ensemble start? Well, I've been singing from like the age of five years old, so music has always been such a powerful draw in my life. I came to work with Free in 2008. In 2009, I got the opportunity to go to one of the musical productions that we do every year with our theater department players. And at that specific uh, musical, there were no live vocals. And immediately, you know, I looked throughout the process of the production and I was like, nobody's singing live. Everything came through the soundtrack. So that sparked something in me <laughs> because vocals, like I said, music was the powerful aspect in my life. Okay, uh, real briefly, you made an important point just now and if you could just kind of give our listeners a little background. You said you went to a performance and they were singing but no one was singing live. Everything was coming through a soundtrack. Yes. Explain that and then segue that into how you change that into live voices because I think that's a great connection. They were doing the dialogue on portions of the production. They did dance routines of the production. But when it came to the instrumentation and the vocals, it was all pre-recorded. So it was coming through the system like you would listen to a CD or like you would listen to, a, at that time, a cassette tape, which don't exist anymore. But it was pre-recorded music and vocals that was coming through the speakers. So I'm watching the dialogue on the stage and the different actors and actresses and dancers but no one was singing. No one was verbally expressing the music vocally. So 
I was sitting there wondering, okay, why aren't they singing? Why is there no live music? And music being such a strong component to what it does to you internally, which displays itself externally, how it soothes you, how it comforts you, how it motivates you, how it gives you senses of emotion, whether you're laughing, whether you're crying, whether you're feeling romantic, whatever your feelings and your emotions are at that time, music is such a powerful component that plays such a strong facet in our everyday lives. Even when you listen to um, meditation music or jazz music or blues or to hip-hop or to pop. Music plays such a great part, even in commercialism. It's everywhere. You can't go anywhere and there's not music. So whether it's live or recorded, it has a, a relative effect on our everyday lives. So when I saw that and I realized that there were no connections on the stage with that, I went to Robert Budd, <laughs> and it was actually my first forum with the agency, and I I was like, internally, it was like pins and needles inside of me, and I'm like, I have to find an opportunity to speak to him and ask, you know, why is this missing component? You have a theater department, and you have so many functions in the agency where you have to bring external people in to fill that gap. We can make that happen here and have them request us and take us to the outside and let us be that liaison to the community that they will want us to come and provide that sound and that music for them, for their functions, and then they can regard and respect what our guys do here. So in other words, you you were looking for a way to find a vehicle to give to these performers so they could get their message out to the rest of the world and so that that emotion could be felt? Two components. One was to provide that for the participants that we provide services for. But the second component was there's such a stigma with the community and with society in reference to differently able people. It was almost like even though they weren't institutionalized, but there was a barrier. So my heart was to demonstrate to them that these people that you have put this barrier between also have something to offer and to give to society that is productive, that is positive. All they need is a opportunity and for you to open the door to allow them in to be able to demonstrate their contribution to the community and to society. So once Robert gave me the go-ahead, all bets was off. (laughs) (laughs) And my task at that time, I was on the phones. I was in the community. I was you know, petitioning and advertising to the people that were in the community. If you have a function, if you have an opportunity that the ensemble could come And be your entertainers, be your performers for whatever your occasion was. And it wasn't easy at first because, like I said, the community had not opened their doors to allow this opportunity for them to bring their music, for them to bring their talents and their gifts and their, you know, their abilities. As Robert said earlier, it was always what they were as far as their diagnosis. They were disable. They're not able. And we had to change that image of how the community and society looked at our participants because they were human beings. Absolutely. And they, they had desire. They had gifts, they had emotions, they had feelings, and they wanted to display them. Wow, that's a great way for you to see a a way to segue. I know that, you know, that music is very important to you. You know, one of our other guests, uh, music is very important to as well. And I'm going to just turn it over to Lois Logan. And Lois, I want you to tell our listeners how you became connected with this and why you thought this forum was important. 
Well, I think it's important because, first of all, I'm always interested in the brain. And as a singer myself, as a social worker and a singer, I know what it has done for me. And I ran into this wonderful man, Robert Budd, and I mentioned that. And he was telling me, well, we have an ensemble. And he invited me in to hear it. And I was absolutely blown away. Even talking about it, the joy that this this group gave, differently abled is the right word. They were very able and they sang to me and I just loved it and of course there's a joy in the singing there's the joy in the hearing and all of that of course if we look at it from a social work point of view as a therapist I would say that music and singing especially is a non-invasive way of healing and it does many things it improves the lungs it improves the diaphragm it improves the vagus nerves which connects to every part of every organ in your body so singing is very very important but when I listen to them all of that stuff goes out of my head and I just hear the joy it improves the immune system it improves self-esteem. It helps people develop social relationships as they sing as a team. It's very important. And I think what Bridget is doing is remarkable, remarkable. And I'm pleased to be a part of it. Thank you. And I just want to say to our listeners that if you haven't had the chance to listen listen or hear, you can see a lot of their performances on Facebook. And just the, the way that you could see them reaching out to humanity to say, we exist in this is a gift that we've had inside of us and we want to give this gift to you. It's it's, it's amazing. You know, I had the opportunity to listen to a, a couple of tunes that the ensemble did and I was really, really impressed by the way that they used some, such a passion in their singing. You could just tell that it meant something to them. And because it meant some, so much to them, I think it's so great, Robert, that you gave the agency the vehicle. So what was it when you were approached by... Bridget, what was it that made you say, hey, let's let's try this? Well, you used the word before, and that's when people are passionate. Um, and Bridget's passion just shines through. Uh, and, and just when Lois talks about music, she lights up. Um, you know, it's that, that universal uh, passion. And I think people connect over commonality. They connect over things that you can sense that they feel strongly about. And passion involves love, the love of singing in this case. And that was a universal principle that we were trying to honor at that time and still do to this day, that when people come together with that positive energy, it begets more positive energy. And that's the whole principle of synergy, right? Absolutely. Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. The other thing that, that I noticed is that their performance was really, really speaking to the fact that they were saying, hey, we're here too, we, we exist, we have something in, and we want to give that something to you. And so when you see their performance and when you hear them sing, you realize that this is just not a normal, ordinary, everyday performance. This is people who've been waiting for a long time to be able to share their gift. And music therapy in and of itself has been one of the most widely known effective modalities. So, Bridget, when you started to form the the ensemble. How were the participants selected? Well, actually, they were auditioned. What I was looking for was someone that was able to have a musical sense and an ability. I gave them certain scales. I gave them certain notes. I gave them certain musical expressions and them being able to repeat them or even go beyond what I was displaying to them to repeat. Because there was a specific way I wanted them to be presented to the community. I wanted that image and that 
positivity and that professionalism. And as Robert was saying, the passion. I wanted them to be able, like when you would pay to go see any specific artist, I wanted them presented in that excellence. I wanted them presented so that they can show the community that this is real that they have the gift, they have the talent, they have the ability, and to honor them in that respect as a musician, as a a vocalist or an artist, because they told me their visions, they told me their passions, they told me their desires, because I conversate with them, and then I, I tested the musical ability, so that when they stepped on that floor, that you weren't just getting somebody with a vocal ability, but you was getting a whole person that had a love and a passion for what they were doing, and they wanted to share that. Very interesting. So that brings to mind the next question. I'm sure you had many people who wanted to audition. Absolutely. (laughs) And still do to today. So my my question, and I'm sure some of our listeners are probably wondering, how did you handle saying to somebody that they did, or did you ever have to tell anybody oh, absolutely. that they didn't make the ensemble? Oh, absolutely. And how did you handle that? Absolutely. Well, I, I can give you an answer in two parts with that. Because uh, this was happening in the theater department, they know that they took auditions not only for the ensemble, but for the p- musical productions. And sometimes you got the role, sometimes you did not get the role. And we wanted to give that real reality sense of you being a part. If you go to Off-Broadway, if you go to a community production, everybody can't be the lead. Everybody can't be the cold star so in some cases you do not get the part but what you can do is go and practice and develop and then come back and try again so it's almost like you may not get the part but you can be a part you can be a part but you have to develop you have to do the work in order to qualify you to stand in that position that you're auditioning for it's just like when you go for a job the sense of giving them the opportunity of realism this is life this is reality there's so many things that you've been sheltered and and exempt from so now this is a taste of reality what life is and in developing all areas and all aspects of what your goals and your desires, I might not be able to dance, but you can dance. So I wouldn't get the dance part, but you would get the dance part because you, you're good at dancing. Same thing with the singing. So it's the, the acting in any aspect of the theater department. We try to encourage them to understand that in life, there are some things that it just don't go the way you want it to go. But in doing that, you have to learn to be flexible. You have to learn what the alternatives are. You have to face the challenges for what they really are are and sometimes it goes your way and sometimes it don't. So even today, well recently, I challenged myself because to have someone that can hold a tone, to have someone that can sing a pitch, uh, maintain the musical ability versus someone that is challenged by that. They might not be able to hold it as well as I do. So I took it upon myself and I brought in two members that weren't as musically flexible. And I said, now I want to see if this is something that I'm really depositing into the people that I support or as it just something that's already pre-made and I'm just molding it. So I took the challenge and there's something there. There's something genuinely there. In a year's time, I was able to see the developing and the unfolding and where a person was challenged in hearing certain tones and being challenged to be able to match those tones and be able to harmonize with the other voices that were there. And it's working. It's working. And and I'm like, I can say that with such um, pride and confidence because of the fact I thought it was something, like I said, maybe because they had a vocal ability, I was molding something and shaping it. But to take someone that has almost no rhythm, no tonality, 
They can't perfect the pitch when they hear it and then to develop and work with them in unfolding that pitch, that ability and that gift and working with them on their rhythms and the timing and the the phrasing and how they're actually presenting this song with their co-members was a challenge for me that, and I can say that it's been successful. Okay, all right. So So far, so good. (laughs) Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. So Robert, the agency must have gotten really excited when this started unfolding. So what were some of the things that you as a leader and some of the leadership uh, segment of the agency did to support this and help this vehicle get out past the walls of free? Well, the first thing is we know when to stay out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When people are passionate, they... uh, they connect over passion and that's something that we know historically whether it's music whether it's the ranch whether it's anything unique in particular people connect over things they or have common passion over and our philosophy is true inclusion and true integration occurs when people connect over mutuality so that's really what we do is we provide the vehicle by figuring out you know the the unfun part right so uh, <laughs> we had to help the state see that music is a true therapeutic right that, that's really uh, what i want you to kind yeah. of address yes uh, so we actually ran the volunteer program because of someone who had a passion for theater and and that led to Bridget and the ensemble that led to a drum line. It's led to all sorts of other things from people who love the musics and musical uh, talents, just like people find the fine arts, right? So our job then administratively is to find out how do we make that fit into a system that says we want to honor each individual's capabilities. But the rules and regs, you know, have a kind of different mindset. So you have to figure Absolutely. out how to be able to check off those boxes <laughs> and cross those T's and dot those I's. So that's what the administration's job is, is to be able to be a support system. If you look at the uh, table of organization that we use when we introduce new team members, the individuals are at the top, not the board of directors. Mm -hmm. The board of directors sit at the bottom, and then it's Chris and myself, and then we see ourselves as the foundation. Foundation. Interesting concept. Interesting concept. I guess it's pretty much it has to be shown that there's some type of therapeutic value to this so that, as you you said, the boxes can be checked and it can fall into a... Mm -hmm quote-unquote, for lack of a better term, funding stream so that it can be supported. But the main thing is to show that there's a benefit to the clients who are participating and that possibly after having this experience that they're more prepared or better prepared or more centered than they would be prior to that, which shows that's why it's important. So uh, to jump over to you, Ms. Lois, from a social worker mm-hmm. standpoint, did you see any specific social work involvement from the agency with supporting Bridget's vision and, you know, being able to, to kind of give some insight to Robert as to the very specifics of why this is so beneficial? I saw how the agency was interested and supportive when I ran into Robert and he asked me to come and hear the ensemble and possibly do some things with them. So I knew that uh, he was open to that. And I also know that the benefit for the clients and the outside community is education. They're being educated that all people have passion and can sing or dance or do theater, whatever they want to do. For the People in the ensemble, there are a lot of things that we don't recognize. They don't recognize and possibly we don't think about all of the time. But it does help them with their depression because music can lift you up. 
the different beats of music. There's meditative um, beats and the strong beat that brings you into memory and <laughs> <laughs> memory improves your memory, improves your speaking, uh, improves your breathing. So these are things that come along with singing that we may not necessarily focus on. The difference between a regular chorale and an ensemble or chorale that's dealing with people that are differently abled is this. A regular chorale, the purpose is music, the development of music. And so even here, as you hear Bridget speak, she talks about the development of music. But along with that, development. Music is not the first thing. It's the second thing. The first thing in this kind of ensemble is what are the people getting out of it. So of the socialization, they learn to work as a team with each other, along with the musical development, the self-esteem, the confidence to stand up. And it takes a lot of confidence, believe me, to stand up in front of a group of people and sing. You're putting yourself out there. So when they they're getting a lot of self-confidence, working with each other, it's the memory also because you have to memorize the way the music goes and the lyric so memory improves the more you push memory the more it improves so these are all things that we don't necessarily think about but are all part of the ensemble that's the therapeutic part of the ensemble interesting yes and so it's memory the reduction of stress of the meditative process there are all these things that fit into singing and uh that's what they're getting out of it. And, of course, we're getting something out of it. Because when we hear them, when I hear them, I'm joyous. I go out and I feel better about the world and myself. And we could certainly use that. Absolutely. Uh, so that's what I, th- I think. That's the difference between the ensemble that's not in doing people who are definitely able and this ensemble. So they have two things. First of all, the development of the whole person. And secondly, the music. In regular chorales and ensembles, it's the other way around. It's just the music. And very interesting mm-hmm. point. And so, because I'm sure that Bridget and, and, and Robert, you didn't want this to be the best kept secret. What was the process to get the outside community to embrace the free ensemble players? And I'll ask both of you to comment on that. Well, for me, it was actually getting them to um, have the confidence to trust what I was telling them. Um, Because um, as Ms. Lois was saying, all of the development that went into the ensemble members being able to use music for stress release or for a confident booster or, you know, preparing them for stage presence and preparing them to interact with people when they went into the community. So once all of that development was done, personally and musically, it was just getting people to trust that what I was presenting to them or what I was offering to them was going to be worth their experience. Did they buy it uh, hook, line, and sinker? When they opened their mouth, even till today, and this is their ninth year performing, and they'll be celebrating their 10-year anniversary in 2020, even to today, people that hear them for the first time, they don't expect what they receive. The harmonies that come from them, the stage presence, the presentation as a whole, them 
working and listening to each other, it's a constant surprise and element to their audiences and even people that has heard them. When they hear them sing a different song or a new song, they're amazed by, like you mentioned, their memorization. They're amazed by the fact that they um, present harmonies because every year I challenge them with more musical challenges so that they won't be passe or it, it'll always be that element of unexpectancy. They don't know what they're going to receive when the ensemble open their mouths because we're constantly unfolding and constantly developing and constantly trying to produce a more quality sound and a, a better whole person as a whole, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, as well as their talent. Okay. So it's almost like challenging them to reach higher heights. Yeah, so exactly. That community aspect, I'm sure, Robert, is really important to the agency since your mission, as you stated, is to help everybody to be the best. You know, I'm just paraphrasing, mm-hmm. helping everybody to be the best that they can be in whatever capacity serves them. So what did you see as, you know, some of the things that needed to be done to just get the community to just embrace these wonderful performers? Uh, you know, like anything else, it's all about relationship, right? So you start with the people you know and the people you know trust you and that it's going to, as Bridget say, be worth their while. Um, and so that's where we start and we continue to spread the word that way. But, you know, we use social media a lot to be able to just play a little clip. We also invited people to our different events because the ensembles performed internally a number of times. And uh, when they were starting out, that was kind of their trial and ever process, right? Um, so we just invite people in, and um, then they were able to either through people seeing them or through those video clips to perform at a statewide association conference. Uh, we had them perform at a national anchors a national mm-hmm. conference. So they they were exposed to a few hundred other providers of human service agencies, right? So um, that, I, I forget how many bookings came from those uh, <laughs> opportunities where people, once they see them, they want them. Fantastic. Um, yes. And then uh, social media, we do a, a great deal. Our, our motto actually is reaching high to achieve more. And, mm-hmm. and so that whole absolutely. idea is, you know, you keep on paying it forward. Yes, absolutely. So, can can mm-hmm. I plug in there? Um, yeah, please do. In, in also in the nine years, um, they've been given the opportunity. They've sung at Nassau Coliseum um, after the renovation. They've sung for legislative breakfasts. They've sung at City Field two years in a row, breaking history. Nassau Coliseum has never had a differently able performance group on their stage, so they broke history there. City Field always catered to soloists, and they've auditioned several times for City Field for the National Anthem for their games, but they were never called back. And this year and last year, they were given the opportunity to go and do the national anthem for home games for the Mets. So they've broken history there because they're the only group that has ever performed the national anthem in City Field. Wow. So they've also done expos for Abilities Expo. Jersey, uh, they have different locations where they demonstrate the things that are available to families and agencies for the different ages. So they've broken history, as Robert was saying, the different things that they performed for. They just did an ABBA tribute um, performance, the ABBA tribute band, which was an amazing experience for them because they love Mamma Mia (laughs) (laughs) and the music. So they were elated to be able to do that. So they've reached such unexpected levels and it's only going to get bigger and better. That is wonderful. And I'm just going to give a plug to to the players. Uh, You haven't 
had a chance to see uh, go on Facebook and see their version of uh, Adele's "Let Me Down Easy." It's fantastic. <laughs> I saw it, and also they did Bruno Mars' uh, "24 Karat." No, no, uh, no, a beat up, up, uptown funk. Uptown, uptown funk. Okay, uptown funk, and, and had everybody in the audience dancing, and and uh, I think they was doing the wobble to that. Yeah, <laughs> but that, we get all kind of reactions. But that was so amazing to see, and I think that you know at the end of the day, that's really what an endeavor like this is, is to give them that opportunity and they can now affect people in a way. And if this quiet kept secret had never you know, gotten outside of these walls, no, nobody would ever know Absolutely. that these people have that type of ability to impact others. And, yes. and, I, and I could just imagine what that does for their mental status, to their confidence, to their yes. self-esteem. Yes. And that then encourages them and it teaches them that they can now go out and do anything that anybody else can absolutely. do um, and use their abilities to, to reach and impact others. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, well, I, I'm going to give everybody a chance to say just a few um, closing remarks. I think this is a really great, powerful, impactful interview. And please make sure you share about any upcoming performances, any chances for organizations or individuals if they choose to to be, become a part of the volunteer or donation um, track and uh, also where they can uh, be seen uh, in upcoming performances. So uh, everybody just give a, a few words, and I'll start with Robert. Okay, so our website, familyres.org. We will be re- we've just upgraded it, so we'll be relaunching with a little icon for the ensemble. We also, I think this is just such a wonderful celebration of life. Um, that's actually what we call our annual gala, and it's really near and dear to my heart because I think ultimately we're human beings supporting other human beings. And so I want to also give a shout-out to you and thank you for, you for your support. And this is how the ensemble gets to, to be known better and better. Um, and, I, you know, psychology is a very young science, mm-hmm. and we continue to learn and grow. When we started this, it was kind of more the art of it. Um, now we know with the sophistication of technology, music lights up a whole different part of the brain than Absolutely. verbalization. So that you know, it's just going to keep on getting bigger and better, and yes. people continue to connect over passion and love. Absolutely, and it just makes those synapses and those neurons connect in a very, very powerful and positively motivating way. Miss Lowe, some some parting words yes. about your experience and, and what you want to share with the audience. Well, I do want to share this. I don't think it has been mentioned that they this group is the only one in the United States that uh, the agency and Bridget Livingston has started, I think that's remarkable. I am sure that as people plug in and hear it, other places on in the United States, other agencies will be happy to start this because they need to, because it helps everyone, the community, the people that are involved, the, and it educates the community on accepting all of us. Absolutely. Beautiful. Okay. And Ms. Livingston, obviously, as the, you know, the creator and the founder uh, and the driving force, you please have the, the last word. And please share any upcoming performances as well. Okay. Thank you so much, Silas, for this opportunity and pleasure to be here with Robert and Ms. Lois. Um, I'm so grateful that the opportunity to express something that was such a great passion in my life and so effective in my life because music have been a phenomenal source in my life, and it has saved me from so many um, challenges that I had to face in my own personal life. To be able to 
be a part of something that is original and authentic because they are genuine people of heart, they, their passion, their devotion, their dedication, and to have someone that have that same like passion and dedication to something that is so effective to all of our lives is such an honor and a humbling experience. So I'm grateful for that. Um, also, the ensemble um, throughout the month of December will be performing in a number of places, which December is one of their busiest months. But um, they will be making an appearance on December 13th and December 20th at MacArthur's Airport. That is one of their um, big um, performances for the month of December. And hopefully we will be able to post some of their other uh, performances on our website, as Robert mentioned. And I want to also just put a little plug in for Love Is Not Lost Innovations. It's a vision that I was given a few years ago that is similar to what I've done with the Free Players Ensemble, and I'm just taking it to a, a larger scale and a larger level because, as Ms. Lois mentioned, there are other agencies and facilities and states that are out there that have people that are gifted and talented and have a passion and a love for the arts, whether it's modeling, dancing, comedy, um, singing, whatever your passion is. Love is not lost for that. So Love is Not Lost and Chosen One um, Talents is going to be reaching out and expanding to open these doors. And, you know, with Free being uh, um, support and Roberts being a support, we're going to do something that the world has not taken the launch. He gave me an opportunity with the ensemble, and now I'm just taking that opportunity, and we're going to take it to another level, another scale, and we're just going to make everybody be worth their goal and make them happy and let them just express their love. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to thank you for that. And again, I want to thank all of our guests, uh, Robert Budd, CEO of uh, Free, which is our family residence and essential enterprises. Ms. Uh, Bridget Livingston, a direct support professional and vocal coach and directress of the Free Ensemble Players, and my friend and colleague, Ms. Lois Logan, uh, LCSWR, social worker, and thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to give this vehicle of the Kelston on the Air Social Work Podcast to you to get your message out, um, and make sure for all our listeners, stay tuned, you'll be hearing big things from the Free Ensemble Players. Thank you. This is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate and host of the show. You've been listening to the Kelson on the Air social work podcast. This and all other programs are available on the Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Anchor podcast platforms. Go to any search engine and type in Kelson on the Air in the search window to hear this show in its entirety. Thank you for tuning in. This has been a Kelson Communications production.